as you know, I don't have kids, but I observe them sometimes. And I've seen this a number of times that uh, a child will have like, they'll have a cold or something like that. And just through an association in their mind, they'll want a Band-Aid. Like a Band-Aid sort of makes them feel better, even though it has nothing to do with a cold. Just sort of seeing the Band-Aid on there. Is that, does that happen? Yeah. Okay. So it, it's not going to help at all. It's not the solution. Um, and we do that sometimes to ourselves. We see a problem and, I don't know, maybe out of ignorance, maybe because we don't know any better, we'll apply a solution that doesn't have anything to do with it. Learning is a solution to a problem. Teaching people words, I can summarize the whole thing in this, words, saying words, are a solution to some problems. But they're not a solution to every problem. And talking at somebody sometimes will help when the problem is ignorance, when they just don't know. But when somebody knows and still does something that's harmful to themselves or to others, the problem is, the, the solution isn't talk. And the young man that Jesus interacted with in the gospel today, the problem wasn't knowledge or a lack of knowledge. He was throwing himself, he was falling into fire and water. The problem was he wasn't able to control things. And when our problem is, we don't have self-control. We fall into fire. We get angry immediately just like that. We blow up. Or we fall into water. We fall into whatever other types of desires or pleasures there are in the world. And we know the kid, if you were, when he was okay, he would ask him like, don't you know what drowning is? He, would, he knows what drowning is. When you ask him like, don't you know that fire is going to hurt you? He knows that. The problem isn't talk and the solution isn't somebody who's going to like just sort of act like a, a teacher and, and give them a bunch of knowledge. That's not the problem. It's like putting a band-aid on a cold to think that you're going to solve all problems with words. So the father of this kid brings him to Jesus, which is the smartest thing he could do. But before that, he brings him to the, the disciples, and the disciples fail to heal him. Now, I was reading some of the commentators and some of the fathers of the church on what was happening kind of behind the scenes here. Right before this in the gospel is the transfiguration. And so three of the apostles, they're up in the mountain with Jesus. They see his glory. They see Elijah and Moses. Jesus tells them, don't tell anybody what you saw. Then he reveals the passion to them immediately. We're going to go down to Jerusalem. I'm going to be handed over into to the hands of sinners. And then I will die and rise again. And then the apostles ask him, don't, don't they say that Elijah is supposed to come again? And Jesus says, John the Baptist was Elijah. All of this knowledge. And Jesus says, keep this between us until after the resurrection. People aren't ready to hear it. So where are the apostles at at this moment, sort of mentally speaking, they're feeling good. They saw something beautiful. They saw the transfiguration. They have all this new knowledge. They have this knowledge that only they're supposed to know. It's this kind of inflating thing. And some of the fathers of the church say it was because of their pride that they couldn't heal this, this young man. And what happens, so now Jesus has two problems on his hands. He has this kid 
who's, his dad thinks he's epileptic, but he actually has this demon kind of controlling him. He has, so he has the kid to deal with, but he also has the apostles in their pride. And the father, when he comes up to Jesus, and he says, I brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't heal him, that's in front of a crowd. So the disciples are really embarrassed by that. And that's exactly what they needed. Because if Jesus had told them, you know guys, pride isn't a good thing. Again, they know that. That's not the solution. The solution to pride is humiliation, is embarrassment. And that's exactly the medicine that they got. Exactly what they needed. What's the solution to this uncontrolled harmful behavior that we have towards ourselves. So, and, I'm, and I want to just frame this a little bit differently. How are we supposed to deal with ourselves when we do stuff that we know is harmful? Or with others, even our kids, or with the world around us when knowledge isn't the issue. Sometimes reminding is fine, but sometimes that's not the solution. Jesus illustrates some tough love. He yells at the disciples, O faithless and perverse generation, and he rebukes the demon that's inside of this young man. So sometimes being tough. It's not about, let me explain this to you again, and out of like anger or frustration. It's, you know, sometimes you just have to be a little bit mean to yourself. Not abusive at all. And you have to be mean not to the image of God in you. You have to be mean to the demon in you. You have to be mean to the vices and to the sins. Don't be gentle with them. And to say, no, you're not getting anything. Not even a little bit, not even a thought. Not even like, you know, a second of indulgence. No. Rebuking that ugly thing that's inside of us that we know is going to hurt us not playing the game. But doing what the father did is important too. And maybe that's the most important thing. What did the father do to that child who was hurting himself? And what should we do to ourselves and to our kids and to our world when it's harming itself? Bring them to Christ. Our words are not going to save anybody. Christ will. And Christ sometimes will save by words, and sometimes he'll save just by being himself and just by being in contact, just being close to him. That's why at the end of the gospel we have prayer and fasting. Because those are the things that are going to get us close to him. And then the center of the gospel is here. The center of the gospel is, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. And again, the fathers of the church have a lot of interesting stuff to say about this mustard seed. If you are small and unnoticed, have you ever seen a mustard seed? It's really small. You can buy mustard with, with whole grain mustard. It's actually really good, but it's kind of on the spicy side. But you see the, the grains are really small. That's what Jesus wants you to be like. Not inflated and walking around like you can do everything and you know everything and everybody, you're God's gift to everybody around you. That's not a mustard seed. A mustard seed is small and you could step on it without even knowing that you did that. That's how Christ wants us to be, meek. But a mustard seed is alive. And it grows. 
And he wants us and he wants our faith to be alive and to grow. And this is something I never thought about before I, I was researching this. A mustard seed gets spicy when it's crushed. And when we are crushed, that is our opportunity. It's when we're having the worst days of our lives. That's the day that we reveal the kind of faith that we truly have, the kind of people that we really are inside. That's the day, and another way to say it is, that's the day we become and we decide who we really are inside. And when we're crushed and we release this like beautiful spice, this kind of delicious thing out into the world, when, when we're being stepped on, at that moment we make the world a better place with our love and with our faith, that's going to do more than all the, worlds in, all the words in the world. And parents, I'm going to say something that I, that I say a lot uh, on an individual basis, but I want to say this now. Your example of self-control and of prayerfulness and of virtue and of love, that's going to do more. That's going to teach your kids more than all the words that you've ever said. And if your kids are losing control and they don't know how to like sit still or, or hold back their temper and then you get mad at them and you scream you're teaching them that what they're doing is the right way to do it because you're doing exactly what they're doing and if you're yelling why don't you control yourself well you know you see the contradiction in that the father brought the son humbly on his knees to Jesus even at this terrible moment in his life even the disciples couldn't cure him Follow the, the uh, example of the Father. Follow the example of the Son who received Jesus. Follow the example of Christ who chastised him but who healed him in love. Yeah.